This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, it's Adam the Bull. It's a Wednesday, and this is The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by the Bet Rivers Network. And on the docket for today, we talk Major League Baseball. Are you ready? I mean, why wouldn't we talk Major League Baseball? It's the middle of the Major League Baseball season, for crying out loud. Also on today's show, a special guest that I'm looking forward to today, Ross Tucker. Ross, the former NFL offensive lineman, one of the best in the business at breaking down all things NFL and with training camp just a few weeks away. I'm excited to have him on to talk about everything in the world of the NFL, the Ross Tucker podcast, and a whole lot more. So Ross coming up a little bit later in the show. But let's jump right into it. A lot of hot stories in Major League Baseball. We'll start talking about them next. It's Adam the Bull in the bullpen, part of the Bet Rivers Network. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, last night, and this is where we begin, and, and I did not think I'd be, be- beginning two weeks before the all-star break with this particular team but we got to give them some love how about the Cincinnati Reds there's a few hot teams in baseball right now the Braves though they've been hot most of the season the San Francisco Giants are playing great I'll get to them in a little bit but the Cincinnati Reds are 10 have won 10 games in a row they hold on by the skin of their teeth last night their closer Alexis Diaz got into some trouble in the ninth inning after they rallied to take a lead, and he held on with the bases loaded. And despite being outscored by 16 runs on the season, the Reds have won 10 in a row and are in first place in the National League Central. Yes, the National League Central is not great, but unlike the American League Central, at least you got two teams over 500 uh, in the Reds and the Brewers. So while the Pirates have fallen apart after a great start to their season and fallen into fourth place in the NL Central, the Cincinnati Reds have gotten red hot. And the Reds have been a a team that has not been good for a number of years. And I'm I'm not convinced they're going to hold on and win the National League Central, although I certainly give them a shot. But there's no doubt that the Cincinnati Reds are a team on the rise, a franchise on the rise who has finally, in recent years, done some good job, done a good job in terms of drafting and developing players. And it's been something the Reds have struggled with at times, but they've done a really good job. The Reds have only been to the playoffs uh, one time in the last decade, since 2013, and that was the bogus 2020 season where they were barely over 500 at 31 and 29. The Reds have been a pretty mediocre team. Last year, they were horrible, lost 100 games. But they have not won more than 83 games in a full season since 1990. uh, Excuse me, 1990, since 2013. Uh, Reds haven't actually won a playoff game since 2012. Is this the year Joey Votto comes off the injured list? 
uh, in the mix with a very young and interesting team. I mentioned last night that they hold on against uh, the Rockies 8-6. Diaz gets his 20th save. But you got a lot of guys uh, on the Cincinnati Reds that are having really good seasons, and there's a lot of good young talent on this team. They're One of their top prospects, Ellie De La Cruz, has come up, and he's torn the cover off the ball since coming up to the big leagues. He's played 13 games. He's hit 421. He's got two homers. Uh, he's got good speed. He's uh, six walks. You know, strikeouts are a little high, but he's a rookie, and he's a power hitter, big kid. Lot to like about him. And you look up and down the Cincinnati Reds lineup, and there's a lot of guys uh, performing at a very high level. Their leadoff hitter, TJ Friedel, uh, who's, who's, who also recently came off the injured list, he's playing really well. He's hitting over 300 with an on base close to 400. Matt McClain is a kid they drafted uh, for, in the first round two years ago, who's come up this year and done a nice job. Uh, Jonathan India has been a guy they've had for a few years who's having a nice year. I mentioned Votto. They acquired Will Benson from the Guardians. He you know, struggled when he first started in the big leagues this year, went down to the minors, came back. He's played well. Spencer Steer, another young player, 25 years old. I think he made his big league debut last year, if I remember correctly. That's the case. Played 28 games. In, in a lot of ways, the Cincinnati team – the way they've played, the way they've been scrappy offensively, uh, remind me reminds me a little of at least offensively of the way the Guardians were last year. Guardians had all these young hitters, first and second year guys to put it all together, uh, and now and now this year it's been Cincinnati. There's not a lot of veterans in this lineup, especially before Votto came back off the injured list. Now I you know I still question their pitching, but. Nobody in the NL Central is particularly great pitching. And so I, there's no reason to believe. I mean, the Cardinals have been terrible. The Brewers, who we thought would be pretty good, have been okay. Uh, their pitching has been disappointing. Now, one thing to look at, the Reds um, have a couple of really interesting starters. So Hunter Green's a guy they, they, they just signed to an extension. Uh, he's been... He's been, you know, their their guy that's been there a couple of years now, and he's been pitching really well. He's got 100 strikeouts on the year already in the ERA under four, which is not easy pitching in that ballpark. In fact, he has struggled at home. He's pitched much better on the road this season. But they need to get him back. I don't know how, you know, not sure how serious that injury is. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see as we go forward here because that is something that I'm concerned about in terms of Cincinnati, is their pitching staff. But they have a kid who's, who of course, his name is escaping. Why can't I think of this kid's name? Hold on. I, I, gotta bring, I just drew a uh, – oh, Andrew Abbott. So Andrew Abbott has come up. This guy's their top pitching prospect. He's come up to the big leagues, and he has, in three starts, three major league starts against Milwaukee, okay, you know, decent team. St. Louis should be decent, but they've been terrible. But, you know – decent lineup and then the Astros so three starts against mediocre or better teams he has not given up a single run in his first three major league starts remarkable and he's only allowed 10 hits in 17 and two-thirds innings now the walks are he's got to get that under control he's walked nine that's that can't keep that's not you know you're gonna start giving up a lot of runs if you walk in 
nine guys in, in yeah, it's more than one walk every two innings. That's he can't keep that up. But everything else has been great. He's got twelve strikeouts in seventeen innings. You know, not that's not a huge number, but that'll pick up. But man, his ability to create soft contact so far has been great. So they 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 do have a lot coming. Their closer again. I told you he struggled a little last night, but he's been great for the most part this season. I I'd be curious to see. You know, there's there's a number of interesting teams, right? I mentioned San Francisco, who's a team we're used to being good, but the last last year they were not, and they hadn't gotten off to a particularly good start this year. They'd been middling around 500 or just below, but the nine game winning streak has moved them nine over 500. Arizona, who has not played as well the last week or two, but still remain in first place. I mean, they're still 14 games over. Uh, so you got Arizona, San Francisco, Cincinnati, the Marlins are 10 games over 500. Those are those are four, like, the five or six uh, best records in the National League right now, all unexpected. I mean, Atlanta's the only team near the top in the NL that's a team expected to be there. Rain, in the American League, the Rangers have been great. The Rangers have the second-best record in baseball, 17 games over 500, even if they get screwed. And, and that's something i got to talk about. I'll get to it in a minute, what happened at that Rangers-White Sox game, if you haven't seen it. You should look it up. But the, the Angels have been good, seven games over 500. Obviously, Tampa and Baltimore. But you look at Baltimore, Texas, the Angels, the Marlins, the Reds, the Diamondbacks, the Giants. These are all teams that are either surprising contenders as we approach the halfway point of the season or teams that have not done a lot of winning in recent years. And it's good to see some fresh blood here. I like it. I'm rooting for a lot. I'm rooting for most of these teams to make the playoffs. I'm not rooting for all of them, but I'm I'm rooting for a lot of them because I'm I'm sick of seeing the same old players. I hope the Mets don't make the playoffs, even though I picked them to go to the World Series. I hope the Yankees don't make the playoffs. I don't like that team. I didn't. I picked them not to make the playoffs. I maybe should have flip flopped that between uh, the Yankees and the Mets. I don't want to see the same old teams. I like. I want the Cardinals out. I like seeing, I hope the Dodgers don't make it. I don't think that's going to happen, but I, you know, I hope. I like seeing some fresh blood in the playoffs. Now, specifically, I wanted to get into what happened last night in that Texas White Sox game was just absolutely crazy. You know, as much as I don't like the commissioner of of Major League Baseball, I think he's a buffoon. uh, And I think he handles PR stuff with the players, with fans wrong pretty much all the time. But in general, I think he's done good things in terms of rule changes. Even some I didn't think I would like, I like, right? I think they've done a lot of smart things with rule changes. The one rule change they've made that I hate, and it's been the one that has been around the longest, and I dislike it the most, and that's the play at home plate, where you can't collide into the catcher and you get called out if you're blocking the plate or whatever. But last night in Chicago, the uh, Rangers and White Sox were tied at six. The White Sox had scored two to tie the game in the eighth. And there was a play at the plate. I believe it was Elvis Andrews. I'm going to double check that. Uh, yeah, so it's 6-6. And there's a play at the plate. Elvis Andrews slides in. He's out, not even close. He's out by a mile. And he had a lane to slide. The catcher, um, uh, Jonah Heim, I think, was catching for, for Texas. 
gave him a lane. He was blocking part of the plate, but there was a lane to slide, which I thought was the rule. And they replayed it, and they called him safe. Now, this is insane. If if they got the rule right, the rule has to be changed. I don't understand. Elvis Andrews was able to get to the plate. Jonah Heim was not blocking the entire plate. It was an obvious out. This is this is bad for baseball. Bruce Bochy, the manager of the Rangers, has done a magnificent job this year. Went 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 ape shit, and I don't blame him. It was a freaking horrible call. Uh, and if you haven't, you know, like obviously I can't show it to you here because this is an audio podcast. But go and look at what happened. It won't be hard to find. Go and look at what happened, and you tell me how the hell this is. They called him safe because like, it's it, one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Got some afternoon baseball today. Cubs, Pirates, Orioles, Rays, Blue Jays, Marlins, Rockies, Reds, all starting before 1 o'clock Eastern. And then Royals, Tigers, Diamondbacks, Brewers, Mets, Astros. Why are there so many day games? I guess this is getaway day. But uh, I think, well, the Cubs and Cardinals, uh, it's going to be interesting. The Cubs and Cardinals are playing in England, I believe. I think they're, they're off two days in a row, if I remember correctly. They're playing in England on Saturday and Sunday, which is kind of cool. They, you know, we had that with the Yankees and the Red Sox a few years ago, and then COVID uh, shut that down. And they're playing, I believe, two games in England. On Saturday, they're playing at 1 in the afternoon, Eastern. And on Sunday, that game is 10 o'clock in the morning, Eastern. So if you're in a daily fantasy baseball league, make sure you uh, – you get that lineup in early. So that's kind of cool that they're playing those two games in England this weekend. I like it. All right. Hope you enjoyed the baseball talk. I know I always love talking baseball. When we come back, one of the guys who covers the NFL better than anybody out there, Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker podcast. Uh, he's going to join me next. Love Ross, the Ross Tucker football podcast, I should say. So Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. As I said, knows the game as well as anybody, former offensive lineman. And he's going to join me next in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, welcome back. Excited about my next guest. Well, I shouldn't say next guest because he's the first guest of the day, the only guest of the day. He's the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Of course, who else would it be? That'd be odd if I said... It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast that we brought on Larry Brown. I don't know. Ross, great to see you. Great to talk to you. How you been? What's going on? Uh, Adam, I'm doing great. Good to see you. It's so funny. I'm so used to just talking with you and not actually seeing you. It's nice to, <laughs> to actually see you. And you know what's so funny? Um, yeah. I did my podcast. I did the podcast at uh, ESPN for a few years. Right. And then got the idea to go out on my own. And I wanted as many of those people from ESPN to find my new show as possible. And so right. I was like, well, it's got to be like the Ross Tucker podcast. Because I kind of yeah. hinted that I was going to go out on my own. And then I was like, but what if somebody's searching for football? So it is the incredibly cleverly named Ross Tucker football podcast. Yes. And hey, what else would you do? I mean, I say Adam the Bull in my podcast. I mean, nobody knows me by my real last name. So I'm not going to put that in there. So, listen, this is it's funny because this is the few week stretch where it seems like it's the only dead time in the NFL calendar. But really, there's a lot of big things to talk about um, that I want to get to. And I want to start with some 
we got huge names on the free agent market. DeAndre Hopkins, Zeke Elliott, Dalvin Cook. I don't know if Kareem Hunt's still a big name, but I mean, he was a big name. I, I, I guess the running backs are not surprising because of how the NFL treats running backs these days. Are you surprised at all that any of those four guys are still on the market? And do you think any or all of them will sign before training camp starts in five weeks, whatever it is? Well, so first of all, uh, this is crazy timing because I wrote a, a story this week for the 33rd team about how this is actually like a really critical time for NFL players. And people don't realize that because you're right. They're not a lot like news for us to talk about. Right. But Adam, I'm telling you, I wrote this in the story. Yeah. I remember guys that we broke OTAs in mid June. They gained 40, 50 pounds by the time we came I back could've... for training. One guy wow. went from 338 to 388, gained oh 50 God. pounds. Another wow. guy, he was probably already like 360, 370, but he came back at 408. Ooh. And they, he didn't practice the first couple of days. He wanted to quit. And we're kind of like, we were like, uh, you're kind of our starting right tackle and a first round pick. Like, he's like, I just don't like it. I'm like, none of us like training camp. It sucks. Like, of course, you're not supposed to like it, you know? So anyway, it's just my way of pointing out that it's really why I think these teams do so much background work on these guys and due diligence because you need the kind of guys, like if everybody's on a scale one and ten, if everybody's in like, eight shape, right? Like pretty good shape right now after OTAs. You need the guys that come back at nine or 10, not the guys that come back, you know, seven, six, five, four, right? Like you need the guys that can do stuff on their own. So just something to think about as you start to get these training camp reports, whether it's for the Browns or anybody else, Yeah, uh, this guy looks great. This guy, not so much. Well, let's, let's wonder what they did during these six weeks. So I guess I am a little surprised that all these guys are available primarily Hopkins and cook because they both got cut and they both got cut late. You know, a lot of times if you're a salary cap casualty, you're going to be cut before free agency starts. Now for both these guys, the team has wanted to wait um, until June 1st, although the Cardinals at the end decided not to wait till June 1st. Let's just take all the salary cap pain now and move on. I guess I understand the Hopkins one more than the Dalvin Cook one. I mean, bull. Dalvin Cook's had 1,100 yards rushing the last four That's years. Weird. Yeah, I don't know how many total yards, and he was doing it with a torn labrum in his shoulder. He is a really good player, and I guess I'm a little surprised. Look, I I've seen all the numbers about quote unquote running backs don't matter, and the stats that people use. To in their mind um, corroborate that belief, you you cannot possibly watch a Browns game and tell me that you don't think Nick Chubb matters. Like you, yeah. you, you just can't do it. You can't no. watch that guy run with the ball and some of the plays he makes and how defenses treat him and them, and not tell me that Nick Chubb doesn't make a difference in the outcome of games. And I bring that up because, I mean, now we got guards that make three times what a starting running back makes. Look, I played center and guard, okay? I was very average, but I still started like 25 games. Do I think 
I was more valuable than like the star running back? No, I don't. No, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah. I, I wonder, Bull, if, if this thing has swung a little bit too far yeah. in the wrong direction now, and if there will be some sort of like a, a market correction. To your point, it's funny. We were doing, we happened on, on our TV show yesterday. We did this f- like fun segment where we ranked the 10 most valuable trade assets of all the players in Cleveland, not, not just football. So it was the Browns, the Guardians, and the Cavaliers. And we took the 10, not the 10 best players from those three teams, but the 10 guys who would get you the biggest return in a trade. And even though if we were making a list of the best players in Cleveland, like Nick Chubb's in the discussion for number one, along with Miles Garrett, you know, Jose Ramirez of the Guardians, Donovan Mitchell, but he's in the top five. And on this list, he didn't make the even the others receiving votes because in the NFL, even as great as Nick Chubb is, even as you know, watching the Browns, even as I know, watching the Browns, this guy, especially to the Browns, is extremely valuable. But on the trade market, we just saw Dalvin Cook. Nobody was going give to give up anything for him. I, I, if, I, I don't know that the Browns could get anything in a trade for Nick Chubb. Certainly couldn't get much. And that's it is crazy, even though we all know it's a passing league and obviously the quarterback's more important. But you're right. It's gotten to the point where we've diminished the running back so much that so many teams feel like, I'll just use anybody. Uh, and you know crazy. what? Let's see how Dalvin Cook does this year for whatever team he's on. Yeah. And let's see how Alexander Madison does in Minnesota. Right. The Vikings are essentially saying Madison can do most of what Cook can do. And yeah. we'd rather have Madison do that for three and a half million than Cook for 10 million. Because at the end of the day, it's Cousins throwing it to Justin Jefferson as yeah. well as Hawkinson and maybe Addison that right. really determines the outcomes of the game. You know, in terms of where Dalvin Cook would fit, I've been saying Buffalo and Miami, to me, make the most sense. Miami's got, like, four, like, kind of just guys, I think. I, I don't, you know, I, do you like those teams, or do you, do you see another team that you think makes sense? Well, those are the teams you've heard about a lot. It's interesting, yeah. I think, because, you know, his brother plays for the Bills. That's true. You know, and yeah. so I, I would imagine that that would be okay. Like they would be okay yeah. splitting time as long as the younger one feels like he's going to get his money at yeah. some point. But that's the other problem with these guys this time of year, right? Yeah. Like I saw where Dalvin Cook said, Bull, how cool would it be if DeAndre and I, you know, teamed up on the same team? Right. Dalvin, 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 Dalvin. <laughs> I mean, if you're trying to get money, yeah, the last thing you want to do is team up with Hopkins. There's a right. m- most of the teams can't really or don't really want to afford either one of these guys That's for true. what they want to make, let alone both of them. And I said this in my uh, in my last article for the 33rd team, and a lot of Browns fans blew up at me over it, uh, Adam. But I want to get your thoughts on it. Yeah. I said I think the Browns are going to sign Hopkins. I I, lo- I think they should. I think they Absolutely. have to. Let me yeah. tell you what. And people go, no, they're they're not desperate. They don't need them. Oh, they got Tillman in the third round, and people no. Jones is good. And wait till you see what Elijah Moore does this year. L- listen, Browns fans. First of all, I love you guys. I've said 
for 20 <laughs> years, I think you're the best fans in the NFL. The loyalty that you have unreal with the return on investment that you've gotten is unbelievable. Like unbelievable. But here's my point. Back-to-back losing seasons for Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. They gave Deshaun Watson by far the biggest contract in NFL history. They traded a ton for Deshaun Watson. Adam, they're going to make it work. They, they, they're going to make it work this year. Do I think Peoples Jones is pretty good? Yeah, sure. Elijah Moore is still kind of an unknown, especially on a new team. DeAndre Hopkins would significantly upgrade this team. And if you're Stefanski and you're Andrew Barry, you you got to go to the playoffs this year or at least win double digit games and make sure, right. and, and mo- maybe most importantly, make sure Watson's playing at a high level. Remember what he did with Hopkins? I mean, those guys were yeah. awesome together and the Browns actually have some money. So I think Hopkins probably would rather go to the Chiefs or the Bills or whatever. But I think the combination of Watson, the Browns having money, and I think if you look at the Browns, the wild thing is, is people look at them and probably think, oh, last place in the AFC North. You could easily also look at them and say, playoff team that could make a run, you know? 100%. And and the reason, I, mean, I agree with every single thing you said, and fans arguing this, and I've had, because I've been saying the same thing, and fans have been arguing me here. To me, it's crazy. This is not... Like a re- the AFC is as good as it's ever been, I think, at least in recent years, right? The Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs are up here. They're, 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 those are proven teams. The Chiefs are Super Bowl team. They won two Super Bowls. The Bengals have gone to the AFC Championship game two years in a row, gone to the Super Bowl. We know the Bills are really good. And that's, that's forget about you know, Jacksonville, who's good. And the Chargers, the Jets. they got a lot to prove. The Jets, the Ravens, the Dolphins. Steelers are never bad. It, the, the AFC is so loaded. You're right. I want to. I want the Browns to go into the season not with one proven wide receiver, but two. And Hopkins and Cooper as a pair are both so good at catching the ball. That sounds simple, but there's a lot of wide receivers that aren't great at catching the ball. They have a lot of drops. Those two guys never drop the ball. And to have two awesome, steady – we all know Hopkins is not the player he once was, but he's still really good. And to have those two great players, and then, well, now, you know, DPJ's my three instead of my two. I like that a lot more. Elijah Moore is my four instead of my three, or vice versa. And by the way, guys get hurt. Guys get hurt every year. Like, we can't go into it and be like, oh, we already got these three guys. I mean, Donovan Peoples-Jones is still a little bit of an unknown. And Elijah Moore, especially with the Browns, is very much an unknown. 100%. Yeah, I I, I think you're dead on with that. I, I think it's defensively, obviously, you know, last year we thought going into the season that the Browns would be, you know, knowing Watson was going to be suspended. You thought the offense would be mediocre at best, and you thought the defense would be really good. The defense was horrendous last year. The offense, I think, Brissett played better than you could have expected. I'll give Stefanski some credit there. Uh, But the defense made a lot of upgrades on the defensive line on paper. Do you? How much better do you expect their D line to be? A decent amount. Yeah, I mean Tomlinson was very much needed. Their run defense was not good enough, and I think Zadarius Smith, to me, especially a hungry Zadarius Smith trying to get another contract, 
is a huge upgrade over Clowney. Huge. Yeah. And I don't know. He's probably the best guy, unless you remind me of somebody I'm forgetting, that Miles has had opposite him, which no, they right. desperately need because, man, I've seen so many clips recently of Miles getting double and triple team because they even haven't even had, like, great interior rushers to help him yeah. in that regard. I, it feels like he's been a one-man band. And so yep. um, I think they're better there. Uh, they obviously feel like they're better at safety with Thornhill. Yeah, they can't, and obviously they can't be much worse than they were last year. You know, Adam, how many times was a guy like wide open for a touchdown, oh and after oh the play, God. all the DBs are looking at each other and like pointing and like, "Well, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna. This is pro football, bro. You can't have that happen. Schwartz will not let that happen. They they will not have." Wide yeah. ass open guys like they did last year. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's a, a huge addition there. All right, AFC North as of today. Without you know, right now Hopkins is not on the Browns. As of today, uh, best chance of unseating the Bengals in first place, or can or do you not see a team that could that could that you're confident can do it right now? You know, well, first of all, I think clearly that you have to put the Bengals in first, right? Yeah. Honestly, man, the other three. You could put them in any order, and it would not surprise me. You really could. Right. I think the Steelers will be better with some of their additions and pick it in year two. I definitely think the Browns will be better, both offensively with a full year of Watson and defensively with yeah. some of their personnel additions as well as Schwartz as the D.C. The team I think might take a step back is the Ravens. Yeah. And 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 uh Baltimore people go crazy when I say this, but Adam, are we sure a spread offense with Lamar Jackson throwing the ball more to Beckham Jr. and a rookie yeah. and Bateman who gets hurt all the time, are we sure that's a better offense? Are we no, sure? No, definitely not. No. Because you know, what made them so special the last couple of years was their exotic run game under Greg Roman, you know, multiple tight ends and that fullback Ricard. And they had Boyle who was such a good blocker and pulling Boyle and Ricard and the, the counters and stuff. And then they would throw the ball off, off of it. And Mark Andrews is wide open. You know, right. if you're running spread like everybody else does, well, then you better have players that can perform is their O-line ideally suited for spread and throwing it a lot? I don't think so. Are there receivers? They're, they're putting a lot on Odell Beckham Jr. Good luck. I mean, yeah. that, that hasn't really worked out for years. I mean, no, somebody said this to me. Like, his best seasons were when Obama was the president. <laughs> I mean, think about that. a while. Yeah. Last thing, Ross. Uh, you mentioned the Jets briefly. Aaron Rodgers, he didn't play great last year. He's old. They have a very talented roster. Are you confident that he's got at least one more big-time year left in him in this tough AFC? Yeah, I think, the, I think they have a great chance to go to the playoffs. I mean, the defense was so good last year. The quarterback play was so bad. Even, honestly, even if he just plays the way he did in Green Bay last year, the Jets probably win double-digit games. I think there's a decent chance... He's better than that. You know, Favre was pretty good in his first year with the Jets, or his right. only year, I guess. Yes. Also, yeah. Favre was really good in his first year with the Vikings. I think 
you're going to get a re-energized Rodgers. I think he's going to have a pretty good year. I don't think it's MVP Rodgers, but I don't think it's last year Rodgers either. I think things have gotten stale in Green Bay. I think he was not happy there. I think he's somewhere between what he did last year and the MVP. And guess what? That's way better than what the Jets have had recently. Way better. No doubt. Ross, before you go, myfrontpagestory.com. If you're looking for a great gift, tell us more about it. Well, listen, a lot of people have birthdays, a lot of anniversaries. I People don't know what to get people. My wife's birthday is Monday. That's true. I know what I'm going. Myfrontpagestory.com. I got a couple quotes from the kids, quotes from me. They write this unbelievable story. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. It looks like it's on the cover like The Plain Dealer. And I'm just telling you right now, when I hand it to her, she's going to be like, what is this? And I'm like, I had a story written about you. Like, Adam, tell me that doesn't That's sound cool. amazing. I It sounds like I, like, hired Tony Grossi to, like, write a story. Like, it sounds <laughs> like I, like, commissioned an author. And then when yeah. she reads the quotes, especially from my daughters, like, yeah. mommy does everything for us. We don't think. Like, she'll cry. So if you want to get a That's gift awesome. for someone in your life that they'll cry like happy tears to have it hanging up in the house forever, it's myfrontpagestory.com. And it's actually a unique gift, unlike the same boring gifts that people get. Yeah, I mean, gift cards all the time. I'm so sick of gift cards. That website where you can just, like, sell them your gift card and get some money back. I mean, gift cards feel like a responsibility. That's right. Yeah, you put the pressure on me to buy myself something. The Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Everybody check it out. You get He's the best in the biz. Great insight. Ross, great to see you. Great to talk to you as always. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, man. Been too long. Great to see you. Thank you for having me. You got it. We'll see you again soon. Great stuff there with Ross Tucker. Make sure you check out the Ross Tucker Podcast, of course. He, he gives you insight that nobody else is given right now in the NFL. So thanks to him for joining me. Thanks to all of you for joining me. Thanks to Brian Monzo, as always, for producing. We'll talk to you Friday. Where else? But right here. The Bullpen with Adam the Bull. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.